Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to a brand new episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. Is that your social distancing voice? That's right. We're, we are uh, keeping our distance from each other. Okay, you're very loud when you do that. I don't know. I don't know. Why. It's okay. I, don't, okay. I asked Eva when I was, I was like, "Do you have any? Do you have any of those cones uh-huh. that I can use to talk?" Eva's into? your lovely wife. Well, for people yeah, who don't and, know, and she's a lacrosse coach, so uh-huh. she's got all these cones. Yes, morning, but we couldn't find one. Uh huh. Um, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to somehow replicate uh, what it would sound like if we were a long distance from each other. We're the appropriate distance according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's I double right. checked that before we started recording the podcast, and we're talking in the shadow. Of a global pandemic, mm-hmm. and on a, on a podcast about government arcana, and I think it's appropriate that we call out one of the world's great institutions that you only really think about in times like these: the Centers for Disease Control. It's pretty amazing the the facilities, the institutions that we have to turn to in situations like this. National Institutes of Health. Dr. Anthony Fauci has been all over the place talking about all of these things uh, at CDC and others, uh, other leaders across government are just really doing amazing, amazing work. Yeah. Uh, And there are a lot of armchair critics. Yes. Lobbing bombs at their performance. And I'm sure they'll figure out what they could have done better. But we're in pretty unprecedented times. And um, I'm really grateful they're there. I'm grateful they're a trusted voice for what to do in light of a situation like this. One, th- one of the things I've noticed is that even though I'm grateful they're there and trust in what they have to say, and I think most Americans do, there are a lot of different voices. We haven't been as clear and unified in communicating what to do in this situation mm-hmm. as we ought to be, which is why I, I think the refrain, what does CDC say, uh, is something we ought to keep repeating. Because they're, they're going to get smarter and smarter about this and um, quicker and quicker about what we ought to be doing to slow the spread of this virus. I talked to one government official just last night, and this person told me about the 14, 16, 18-hour days that people are working, the critical life-and-death mission. I mean, we're seeing now reports where an employee at the Department of Agriculture has tested positive for coronavirus working here at HQ in Washington. So this is a serious, serious deal for a lot of the people who listen to this program. And we we make it a point to make this light and make this not um, dull and boring. But that doesn't mean the stuff that we talk about isn't serious. And I think this is a time where I th- it's appropriate for us to acknowledge we get it. This is serious business. And these are people doing just incredible things every Inc- day. Incredible things. There are more medical doctors in the employ of the federal government than in any other institution in the world. They make up the public health service. There are people in white coats across the the government, who's, who when they sign up, they agree to to be marshaled in a crisis like this. They knew when they signed up for that unique position that they could be called on to respond in a crisis like this. It's an unheralded 
ecosystem of the world's greatest medical professionals, and I'm grateful they're there. Tremendous national asset. The business of government continues, though. The things that happen in government, people coming and going, continue to happen. And the one that we talked about just before we sat down to record is the departure of Dale Cabanis as the OPM director, only there since September. Obviously, we're in the middle of this situation with coronavirus. Lots of questions coming from employees all across government, not just in Washington, about what all of these various edicts, policies, and so on mean. You know, what's maximum flexible telework mean and all those kinds of things. Normally, that kind of guidance would come from OPM. Now, OPM doesn't have a Senate-confirmed leader again. And so I imagine the questions are just going to get louder and the flow of them is going to accelerate. Yeah, the awareness of what kind of drastic measures are required to stem the spread of this virus, you see slowly spread. Government's not always as quick as it should be to respond, and this is a great example of that. It's stay at home, if at all possible. Agencies resisted that. And by saying they didn't have the authority to let their employees telework, they weren't sure how to manage telework. A lot of agencies weren't even sure they liked it. That's right. But the virus doesn't really care about whether or not Title V authorizes you to work from home. That is a medical, a national imperative. And it looks like the institutions that govern telework, that govern employee work arrangements, um, we're slow to realize that. What do you think are the things that leaders across government should be thinking about when it comes to reworking telework agreements, when it comes to uh, rethinking who can telework? You know, that's one of the biggest questions that I've had as people have come on Government Matters is, what do you do about people who don't have telework agreements now but want them and maybe should have them? What's the turnaround time look like? Because if if you can't get a telework agreement processed in eight weeks, we might be done with this in eight weeks. Probably not, it looks like at this point, but maybe. Well, it's work from home. We'll figure out the telework arrangement later, even if we have to backdate it. Mm-hmm. What you need to be focusing on is, do we have the technology to allow people to be productive while they're working from home? Are they being managed? Are they being trained on how to work through issues remotely, um, including how to have a meeting, what kind of etiquette is required to have a conference call so that you can productively move the initiatives you were managing before because uh, you said eight weeks, that's a long time. Yeah, Could be shorter, might be longer. We need to continue moving some important initiatives forward during this process, keeping people engaged in that. And it's not something people have been used to for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. The reason I pulled eight weeks is I didn't just pull it out of my hat. I don't have a hat. You don't have a hat. I don't have hair either, but that's a whole different issue. That's why you need a hat. Maybe that's the case. I'm taking those cues from what we're seeing with companies, sports leagues, those kinds of organizations that are basically giving themselves that much leeway and probably in the same boat as you, hoping it won't be that long but fearing it could be longer. Yeah, Grant Thornton just made the decision to postpone all of our events through the end of May. Yeah, so that's that's about a 10-week period 
that we're looking at right now. I, I'm hearing, you know, sports leagues are talking about, uh, baseball in particular is talking about maybe coming back for Memorial Day weekend. And Haley, you know, my daughters Haley and Hannah are both home Shout from school. Shout out to them. Uh, poor Haley, um, if, if she were going to graduate at all, uh, her graduation ceremony has been canceled. That's too bad. Yeah. My son Francis is home from school. He's a sophomore, so he doesn't have a graduation issue. But um, have you gone to pick up his stuff? No. Yeah. It's it's still up near Pensa- near Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. It's and he's, we we got to go to we got to go to Carlisle. Maybe we should do a Fedheads road trip. <laughs> How great to would, pick up the stuff in the big truck. You know what? Even if we don't do that for our kids. We should still we, do that. We should. We should. Summer's coming up. We, we should, should totally right. do that. Fedhead's road trip would be genius. All right. What else should we talk about at this point strikes me as maybe the most important question to answer. Because the big news news is the departure of the OPM director and what comes next. And unfortunately, it strikes me that in the context of all of this stuff, who knows what comes next? And that's kind of the whole issue with the coronavirus response because it unfortunately is the ultimate response. I'm not sure there's a whole lot from a government management perspective that one can do proactively at this point. Well, is that fair? The, um, the government's going to be saddled with additional responsibilities on top of having to manage remotely. Their uh, IRS is going to be given a lot more things to do. Uh, the the uh, whole of government is going to be unleashed in order to not only stop the spread of the virus, but to give people the resources they need to do to survive, businesses to outlast the, the time that we're going to be in this quarantine situation. All of those are going to take the operations of government, government to to perform successfully. So we need to make sure they have the resources, the flexibilities to get the job done during this unprecedented crisis. And really, is there anything else on the radar screen right now? It strikes me that just this is really sucking all the oxygen out of the room at a level that I haven't seen. I'll forget something if I try 9/11, to 9-11. Well, or uh, Katrina was the other one. Uh, Katrina... The, the government's going to face crises, crises again. It'll learn from this one. Um, my hope is that we will be able to leverage the resources of, of organizations that aren't as focused on this crisis to keep moving forward mm-hmm. a lot of the initiatives you and I have talked about over time. The other analogy that I've used is the shutdowns that we've experienced over the last couple of years because we don't know what the full extent of it is in the moment, and we don't know when it's going to end. But in those situations, people couldn't work. Uh, they, they were not coming to work because their organizations didn't have money to pay them. Yeah. And so they weren't doing productive work. These people are getting paid, desperate for productive things to do. Yeah. So they should be managed and focused on productive Ends. All right. Um, speaking of being productive, we're going to keep on keeping on with FedHeads. We'll figure it out. Come hell or high water. That's right. We have the good fortune of both of us being healthy, robust young men. Gosh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. 
We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.